0: Welcome to the Supreme Standards Podcast with me, Tina Edwards. Multi-instrumentalist, producer and songwriter Jordan Rakai is our guest on this episode. I went to meet Jordan at Ninja Tunes offices, the label that released his third album, Origin. It's an album that explores dystopian visions and anxieties over technology in our future. In part inspired by Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror, Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale and David Lynch's Twin Peaks. Very cool. Everything is rolling. Amazing. Um, Yay, right. Congratulations on Origin. Thank you. Yay. It's um it's really thought-provoking and uh, an impactful record. And I feel like when I've been listening to it, it's kind of taken me down like a lot of optimistic, uplifting kind of moments. And then a lot of like, oh shit, this is where we are. Yeah. moments in like fears totally. with tech so i guess um the place i want to start talking about the record is the moment where you realize that the themes that you were thinking about were more than more than thoughts that you're exploring and actually worthy of a complete record
1: yeah well um i was listening to it all started when i started listening to these podcasts about um uh the implications of the impact of technology and Um, basically all these surrealist guys talking about artificial intelligence and simulation. And I used to be fascinated because I used to think that's really cool. Um, And then I discovered, like I was growing this habit of an addiction, you know, a minor addiction to my phone and social Mm -hmm. media and that sort of thing. Um, And I realized that a phone isn't even a powerful techno I mean, it's quite powerful in today's age, but if you think about where technology is going, a phone will have no strength compared to where technology is going and already i'm feeling the temptation to be less of a human i'm so engaged in the device in front of me Mm. and less in front of people and uh, um, myself and so when i started realizing that um, i started trying to take plans of action to rectify my addiction to the phone um, it made me think about how you know i wanted to encourage other people to do the same and then i just sort of tried to start writing about um, a fictional world and where um, if if we have really powerful technology, um, I'm trying to like alert everyone and uh, make everyone aware that, you know, remind yourself that you're human and, um, and then maybe we'll be okay. So basically, yeah, it started off being like me worried about my sort of phone, social media addiction, or like all the dopamine release was coming in of like posting something, people like it, and then you get this like sense of ego. Um, I just, yeah, I just really wanted to start talking about that and talking about like my me coming
0: to grips with it. Sweet, and I think that's something that uh, I hope a lot of people will take inspiration from because there's, I can imagine there's this kind of like, I don't know, this, um, contradiction or push pause, being an artist, it's your way of keeping in touch with fans to be using your phone.
1: And, exactly. And
0: but then, as a creative, you want to really be locked up in the studio and yeah. not talking, like not being too connected with the digital world. Exactly. So how do you? Has this album kind of changed how you use that balance in a
1: sense? It does. It does. I, I always feel like when I say this to people, it feels like I'm breaking that fourth wall. Do you know the term fourth wall? Yeah, when you're, you're watching looking into the camera, and someone's looking at you in the camera. Because it sort of reveals, I guess, the secrets of the industry. Um, you go and flee back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so what I did to sort of start doing, start helping with the phone thing was to, you know, I would get a call. I'd get a text. I'd get a WhatsApp message something like that. And I'd acknowledge it and I'd say, I'm getting a call. I will act. I will decide if I will receive the call. Right. Whereas in the past, you get a call and you instantly get this urge to um, pick the phone up. And uh, so the same thing with, you know, the technology and the social media going forward. I've tried to use it when I want to use it, not, Mm -hmm. you know, not being bombarded. Like there's two weeks to the album release. I need to be posting every day because you're trying to get as much. Uh, I sort of, I I tactically thought, okay, I'm going to be off it. And when I need to post something, um, I post it this time. I, I so you sort of know that if I have American fan base, Australian fan base and a UK fan base, this is the time that will trigger all those audiences. Yeah. So I'm quite aware of how to use the social media, but I didn't let it dictate me. I used it as a tool to benefit and hopefully share the music to a wider audience. Cool. So I've managed to stay um, calm and level-headed throughout all the, all all this campaign and, and the writing process as well.
0: Sweet. Yeah. It feels like such a delicate balance to remember that it's a it's a tool and exactly. not to be a slave to it. Ex- but
1: exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can't you can't let it control you. Um, and I've, I've made a really constant effort. Everyone does this. I mean, I did it, I still do it. Um, but you're on the train and you've got no service, but you're still going to check these apps with no stuff. service and there's yeah. nothing working. You're like, oh, there's no s- Oh yeah, that's right, there's no service. And so that's a retraining of the brain that I've been trying to do to myself to just sort of remind myself, use it when you can and when you need to. So right. Um, I was even doing things like deleting Instagram and then having to re-download it and log in if I wanted to use it that badly. <laughs> right. And then I was just like, it's ridiculous. I need to get better at discipline, <laughs> basically.
0: I hear you. It's kind of like just reconditioning and reprogramming exactly. your brain to have a different relationship yeah. with these apps. Um, have you read um, 10 reasons to delete your social media have. I have,
1: I've, I've, I have, yeah.
0: Jared Lenier. Yeah. It's amazing. I've, I use social media much less and much more, um, I don't know, I scrolled less after yeah. reading that did it have an effect on you yeah, as well yeah it did
1: it did I, I basically I mean it's sort of selfish but I post something like I use it as a tool to share my love um my sorry my music not my love and my love <laughs> um but I I very rarely scroll in any of the news feeds cool. um sometimes I do to see if any basically again selfishly to see if any of my friends have like retweeted or something like that yeah to yeah. help to help like prolong the the music um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite good at like detaching from the thing, but it's more so looking at your my own notifications because they're constantly bubbling, um, looking at people commenting me and praising me. It's hard to like lure yourself away from that false right. sense of, well, it's real because these people, <clears throat> they're real and they love the music and they come to the shows and then they tell me how much my music's had an effect on them. But, um, you know it's it's just you got to just you got to create some time for that not not be bombarded by it
0: that's it yeah and we could become so reliant on the validation yeah exactly
1: yeah yeah and so with my last album my first two albums i used to be really in my head you know i just moved to london before my first album and i used to be like oh i was meeting all these cool people and i was like i really need to impress i need to put all these chord changes in and these drum grooves and to impress all these musicians that i'm working with mm-hmm. um and all the fans, that, you know, my first album, people were like it's groundbreaking. And then, so the second one, I was like, okay, this needs to be groundbreaking. Like I was in my head. Um, mm. And so with with this latest album, Origin, um, I was really, really in my own world and not worrying about the outside influence. So, you know, some some of the songs on there are a lot more accessible than my previous works because I just totally didn't judge the process and I whatever came out of me was the fun. You know i came up with a really catchy chorus melody i was like cool let's go with it let's just record it don't worry if anyone judges you you think it's cheesy because this is what came out of you you grew up listening to soul music Mm -hmm. i listened to stevie wonder he's got lots and lots and lots of catchy um choruses so it's a good thing you know people can sing along and that's I, i shifted the perspective in it being worrying about what people thought about when they judged me to be more being like totally expressive from like the subconscious with no judgment um, and that's really, really helped in all aspects of my life, like I post something on socials or I release a song, I'm less so worried about people judging it or thinking it's not as cool. I, I'm just happy to share my expression, if Sweet. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, totally. I'm just going to grab a cup of teas. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I totally forgot that they're me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can grab yours if you want it. Thanks. Um, yeah. Million questions. Oh wow, oh, that's good. Yes. Mm. What's yours?
1: Camoma, honey, yeah. I always
0: want chamomile, but I it's, like it's grassy. This is good. This is
1: good. Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, so let's talk about uh, some of the research that you did for each of the tracks because I know that you looked into a different piece of tech, basically, for mm. each track. So I was just wondering what was the thing that you found most profound in your research? What kind of stayed with you the most?
1: I think what... Um... Lots of things stayed with me, um, but I would say the most worrying thing uh, was the idea that we could become obsolete in the sense that um, right now we're already controlled by the device of the phone or the laptop <clears throat> and the and the government is able to sort of push information and divide people and that sort of thing um but when when the when these systems that haven't been created yet i mean I'm sort of thinking in a fictional world but when these computers are so powerful, where they totally understand the algorithms of your searches, like you can go on Netflix, you know, things get recommended to you. Know, you go to Amazon, products get recommended to you, and it sort of it seems like it's making your life easier, but the choice is getting taken away from us. It's sort of like the free will of making choices, and so I discovered about this system where they a supercomputer, which already has faster processing power than a human brain. Now, if that computer creates a computer. Um, which is above that we can't. Our brain is now not capable to understand this next computer. Right. And then that next computer will, and so basically they all keep creating exponentially intelligent computers to a point where where we could be essentially two hundred and fifty thousand years behind them in intelligence, but it's mm. only been a year. But if that makes sense. Oh, it makes complete sense. Like I don't one understand. second in human life is fifteen thousand years in wow. in this brain speed. And then then they become the tyrannical governments where they just feed you algorithms and they brainwash you. In. And then it made me think we could totally lose our choice and become a slave in the real sense to mm-hmm. tech, not just like a figurative slave right now that we're living in, which is really worrying. So that really set the the first tracks like Mad World. Um, it's like, this is, I mean, but it's, again, it's set in the future, but this is a, I'm sort of setting the saying that this is a crazy place we're living in and we're totally controlled by mm-hmm. this species of intelligence
0: I, I always find it kind of mind-boggling that we're creating stuff that's smarter than us it seems yeah. like very short-sighted uh,
1: exactly and that's why another research i've found this guy's trying to create a uh, a collaborative it's not it's not the right word but an integrated technology into our brain called the Neuralink. it's elon musk do you know elon musk he's a I know he's like a, a about entrepreneur it. he created tesla the tesla car But he's creating all these, he's got SpaceX travel, but he's creating all these like things to try and save the human species. Wow. Um, He's amazing. And he's creating this technology where a chip will be implanted in the brain um, to try and match the intelligence. So we're going to have the the speed of these computers. So we'll have instant access to information in the brain rather than you can say to Siri now, what's the capital of this country? And, And within two seconds, it'll tell you. In 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 the future, he believes you can think something and it'll tell you. Like the internet will be in your head, and there's a song on the album called "Mind's Eye," um, which is about that neural link. Um, However, in the song, it malfunctions, and all this information, all the images, all the sounds from this chip are flooded into his brain, and he's he's like having a spasm. He's basically living like a chaotic life where this chip is malfunctioning, and it basically talks about you know temptation as tempting as this sort of technology is it can malfunction and it can bring us down and it's not always a benefit
0: right i, ca- I can almost imagine like if that was to happen we'd get this <laughs> new sort of class system as well oh, with yeah. those with money that can afford one of these neuro links exactly. are going to be seen as, as, as a separate class of their own and have this even intelligence and those that can't afford it are going to be seen as you know uh these luddites or exactly. you know not as smart
1: totally and and i read uh, i i wrote another song on the album which ended up not making the cut but it was about um pre i forgot what it's called but you can there's technology now that you can change the genes in your embryo in the, in your newborn baby to be born yeah. a certain way and so that would create a massive separation in class because right. only like you said only rich people would be able to afford their baby to be to have the disposition to have big muscles or or blue eyes and and higher intelligence or anything like that so there's research going into that. And it's sort of happening in some states of America. I think they they're able to do it and they think it's gonna happen in, in China in 10 years. And um, so again, but this is very primitive. Imagine when that sort of technology is fully discovered and we're 50, 60 years down the line and people's like, they can pay 10,000 pounds to make their baby higher above than that baby from-
0: Designer babies. Yeah,
1: exactly, designer babies. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, it really makes
0: hold your breath.
1: I know. The whole
0: time you were just explaining that, I just realised I hadn't taken in a breath.
1: I'm like, two <laughs> it's it's the thing is, I love I love like science fiction and I love really interesting surreal concepts. So in a way, yeah, it's really scary, and I feel like it's partly inevitable, but it's also really interesting. I, mm. I love the, you know, there's another argument for people that are pro, um, pro technology taking over is that you know the difference between us and chimps is it's only like two percent but we're all we're we're that much smarter they say it's like only two percent difference in like body composition and like brain intelligence and so if we progress to that next level where we're only two percent more better it would really elevate our species to another level so people talk about how um it could help us progress further so that we can deal with the warmer climate um as the world is coming like our bodies would be better suited and i mean not that we should encourage warm, you know all the all no, stuff no, that's yeah. happening um but yeah it's just that's another take i read and i was like mm, i still think it's a bad thing <laughs> yeah
0: i yeah i mean I, I just have this skepticism that i can't get my head around the the goodness of it but um yeah at the start i kind of mentioned that you know listening to that album gets me on these like, different trains of thoughts of what ifs and what's happening around me and i was kind of imagining There's two things on an upwards trajectory right now, which is the climate threat and the growth in technology. And I was just kind of like running away with my thoughts, thinking if in 10 years time, the planet or certain places are a difficult place to live and there's storms and there's rising sea levels, are, you know, millennials and everyone, you know, going to spend their money that they've saved for house deposits on a robot to download their mind into because it's the only way to survive?
1: That's what I mean. That's, that's, yeah. what, that's what's really interesting. And I haven't really... I didn't explore that topic. That's a that's a good... That's a really cool concept. I would have loved to explore that. I I <laughs> it.
0: It's a dark and but scary yeah, real one um,
1: There is a song, though, on the album which talks about... Um, it's very ambiguous lyrically, but I wrote about the concept of... Um, they sent these humans to this other world basically is sort of like a mars there's a movie called martian with matt damon where he's like
0: oh yeah and he grows stuff
1: yeah in this world by himself trying to like discover mars and and so my song was sort of visually on that aesthetic where this person's in another planet trying to prolong human life and regrow the world for for what it is but however his intelligence and his his brain was sent from his human so this mm. is his new body right. So it's like sort of what you mentioned with the robot implanting your your whole personality into that new species or robot um but the, he's sort of like a clone in a sense and he's trying to prolong and he's feeling the burden of his past self of the weight of humanity on his shoulders because um it's his responsibility to try and like develop this new safe world where technology doesn't exist um so yeah, I sort of
0: explored it, but not not as good as you. Put no, it. no, I hate, it was just like a little fleeting thought, but yeah, it definitely came from the seeds of, of your ideas. Join us on Saturday, the twentieth of July, when IGBO bring their cookout party to the UK for the first time. IGBO, Sly Fifth and special guests will be playing alongside DJs including Marina, Salasi, TBC, and more. There's going to be food from Caribbean Kitchen too. We're super excited to have teamed up with Musica Macondo for this show at The Post in Tottenham, London. And tickets start from just a fiver on Party for the People. You know, sort of thinking about all of these topics in really stark detail, I almost imagine it's like a musician's equivalent of method acting. Yeah. Like you're really deep in a topic. Like how, how are you getting yourself out of it for the next record or are you kind of staying in
1: it well no no that's a, that's a really good point i never thought of it like that but i every time i'm writing an album i re- every lyric has to be around my theme i decide a theme usually before um so my first album was about meditation i really tried to like talk about it in a different way otherwise it could get a bit tedious was that tra- cloak yeah cloak yeah yeah and then my last album was about um <clears throat> anxiety social anxiety and and me dealing with it, coming to London, meeting all all those experiences um and this one yeah i I put myself in this future' basically i had this I had made this movie in my head where the scenes were playing out, and each song was just basically depicting different narratives and different scenes in the movie, so mm-hmm. i was i put myself in that world, but as soon as the album's mastered um i'm done i it's it's over, and then so I can totally drop it, and you know I'm still worried about all the stuff, but Lyrically, I now I'm going to move on to I need to find a new concept because I've talked about myself for the first two albums and now I've sort of, bre- um you know talking about an outwardly concept. Mm. So I need to think. I'm always challenging myself in a what surreal concepts can I talk about or do I do I have a political record or do I do an instrumental record which would make a lot of people sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's trying to. It's just I'm always constantly thinking of what's the next project going to be mm. now and I want it to be a concept and. These days, I think people don't call their albums concept albums because people think it's just a throwaway thing. But it to me, it sort of means I've had to be more focused to make a cohesive sound and concept lyrically to really fit in a cohesive way. So Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. Did you, did you kind of get like a, I don't know, the right thing to call it, like a um, like a conceptual hangover, almost? Like when you finish writing, you're like, oh, like the heaviness of all those thoughts and like knowing where to put them as yeah. you move on creatively i
1: do i do when when we were when i had finished writing and we we're going into mixing i was so there was still so many ideas um i had read new articles and i had basically written th- like 30 songs on piano and then went up and produced about 20 of them and then cut a lot and then mixed like the last select th- the tracks we hear now mm-hmm. um and so when we were mixing, I was like, "Oh, could I add another song about this new topic I read?" And there's this constant new information of of technology ideas that I really would love to have explored. And you just brought one up now. I'm like, "Should, should I have? Should <laughs> I put that on there?" <laughs> yeah, it's a post album, like in bonus track. Um, but yeah, I I did. And but it's honestly when there's something about when you master the album. Um, Everything, all the stress leading up to it, all the judgment you're worried about, it's like, boom, it's done. And this is the final product. And mm. it's such a relief. Um, to say it's a relief makes it feel like I really didn't enjoy it. I love the whole process, but there's something about you're working so hard. Every day I was in at nine o'clock, leaving at six. O'clock. It was like a work day. Mm-hmm. I was working on it really hard because I really wanted to get it done before the summer so that I could, because it's quite, it's more like upbeat and, and vibrant and energetic. I wanted to play it to people around europe in the summer Cool. so um yeah I, I had a goal in mind like last june to get it done by by january and uh yeah we did it and but yeah it's it's over as soon as you master it, i'm like boom next what's the next thing i'm going to do Sweet. i need to start rehearsing how am i going to do it live and then i'm now thinking about the next album already so Wicked. yeah and
0: you're doing like five albums before you're 30. yeah right. i'm gonna
1: i'm i sort of i read somewhere that if you publicly is it proclaim? No, publicly say something you're going to do. There's so much more pressure to do it because everyone's yeah. judging you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want. I want the external pressure of, I sort of feel like, not that anyone's thinking about it, um, but, you know, I want the people to be going, hey, Jordan's 29 now. He's got one album left. He must, like, there's pressure on him to finish this. But I mean, I'm 27 now, but I've got two years, three years left to make two albums. Wicked. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. So yeah. where are you, like, looking for the, the inspiration for the fourth one then?
1: Um, I'm trying to work it out i I've, I've got amazing you know there's so many things I want to talk about like uh, I'm sort of coming into I feel like I've been a child my whole life um, moving to London was massive change and then you know I feel like I'm turning more into a a man so like an adult mm-hmm. man where I have responsibilities I'm I have like a life I'm trying to plan now um, and yeah, and you just
0: got a dog. That must make you feel a bit grown up now. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and then I was thinking, I can't write about a dog, but the dog can be an analogy for, you know, slowing things down and really understanding like what are the priorities in life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so something like that, or I could think of a surrealist topic. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know musically. I know what I want to do, but I don't cool. know lyrically what I want to do. Okay,
0: sweet. That's yeah. pretty exciting. time. you just like pour us to ideas. Yeah, yeah. But already. I always
1: love. I love writing. So it's my favorite thing about being a musician Sweet. Um, is I love performing and I love um, to share the music and people to tell me about their experiences but there's something about writing in a studio and in the moment you go into a studio with a blank and you come out of the you come out at the end of the day with like a song that didn't exist mm. I think that's a really powerful thing that you've created something out of nothing with your brain yeah. um, I just I get really I get really like excited by the concept of cool. writing. Yeah. do you ever
0: get Daunted when you sit down at a piano or with your guitar or anything with that blank canvas, or is do you get the excitement just after, or is the excitement? No, I get the the excitement before.
1: Like as soon as I sit, I never get the time anymore because I'm I've have been doing the album campaign. I've been traveling and touring. When I get the chance to sit down and try and write a song, Mm -hmm. I feel the most comfortable, and I'm like, oh, what can I explore? I play the guitar. I'm like, let's go. here. I'm just constantly. just excited about all the possibilities that I can bring out with my hands or, or my voice yeah. so I love it yeah
0: amazing um, uh, and you have um, new Dan Kai
1: stuff I'm right? working on it sweet I'm I, I love it. your Dan Kai yeah, stuff with, with, you thing. know d- d- Bradley um, messaged me from Rhythm Section and he was just like um, Jordan when's the new thing because it's been like th- I think nearly three years in December it would have been three years since yeah. my last project and um, I, I'd just been so busy trying to get my last two albums done and I was really strict but you know, I've been getting back into the dance music and producing it up on the plane because it's a lot easier. I'm not, I'm not putting shade on any dance music producers, but it's a lot easier to do it on a plane making beats and stuff mm-hmm. versus like recording grand pianos and trying to do orchestral. Yeah, just you for know, practicality. Yeah, you can just make beats a lot easier by yourself on a laptop. So now I'm traveling a lot. I've been like building up the 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 ideas but awesome. I'm excited
0: yeah yeah my like change and I go are like two tracks that I find really hard not to drop into like a lot of sets they're they're oh, like always like two of my go-tos where I'm just like it works so good in every situation wow. um so I have to like very much restrain myself yeah or, like, particular Dan <laughs> well there's track. some
1: new stuff hopefully that you are like
0: yeah, yeah yeah sick I'm tucking in um cool that sounds really good and I guess like when it comes to writing like for your self-titled stuff and any Dan Kai stuff like do you go into two different creative Headspaces,
1: yeah, th- I do. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not an experienced dance music, what do they call person? <laughs> so I'd never went to the clubs um, when I was young, even in London. I know there's a big scene here where, and I never DJ. I've never DJed. Um, I just love pushing myself to unknown territory, and it started basically Dan Kai started because I Bradley messaged me. He had an NTS show, and he was like, Jordan, do you have any unreleased stuff that? Um, you could give, and I'm like, man, it's all on my album. But I could make a beat for you today, and huh. you, you could play it. So I made Igo, right? The, and he was just like, dude, mate, if you make four of these, I'll like release it. And I'm like, what? This is just I just made this beat, like. On... Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and then he was just like, man, it, it's your fresh perspective of house music, makes it really unique. It's not like a sixteen bar, you know, the build. I don't know, I don't know how house, you know, that build and mm. the tension and then the drop and then the the drop out and then yeah. So I've been learning more about it now. So when I make Dan Kai stuff, I sort of basically, I keep in mind that, you know, it's got to be more funky and it's got a piece to dance music, but um, it's basically Jordan, semi-Jordan sounding just with a faster faster pace. Right, okay. Um, There's chords in there, there's bass lines, there's the vocal hooks, um, but I try and keep the vocals more minimal so that the music can do the talking because I know people in dance music... They like instrumental music mostly. Yeah, Um, and they want
0: to be able to, like, mix with it. Yeah, yeah, so you don't want to have
1: that, like, vocal soaring the whole time. I hear you. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's what I do that. And with the Jordan stuff, I just do whatever, whatever comes out in a day. Because I usually write, like, a song in a day. I'm like, cool, do I like it? Yeah, I'll work on it. And then, if not, it's cool. I I just experiment.
0: Yeah, of course. Whereas
1: Dan Carr, I'm like, okay, I need to make people dance. I need to, yeah. Uh
0: I guess, like, with what you said, you know, not, not, um, I don't know if I'm... I'm kind of paraphrasing what you said, but not knowing the rules as such, it can really be a blessing so that you think about something in a completely fresh perspective. And maybe that's what it does for you as well with having a a fresh concept to think about too. Exactly. Like, it ignites different thoughts. Exactly, exactly. And
1: that's why I love it because I go... I I sort of sit in the studio making these... A Dan Kai beat, for example. And I made one recently and I sent it to Brad. I was like, is this okay? I don't... I don't have no idea. Like, I just winged it yeah and it was like dude this is so unique great amazing like arrangement cool like yeah so it's great hearing that from people that obviously people that listen to listen to it have great knowledge but I don't I'm just doing what I love a bit faster frame so, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. and, faster um, and now with like the next album process for the Jordan project I always have to like talk in third person okay um is uh I'm gonna do something totally different again like I might get a collection of musicians and get in the studio with no ideas and just try and orchestrate ideas out of them like that's a challenge for me but Mm. um that's a different process and maybe it'll it'll give birth to totally new sound which is what i want to do i want to change the sound and um, yeah, al- is- always looking to change
0: yeah yeah totally um, and I guess before we finish there's a question that I love to ask everyone in these podcasts which is a kind of life swap game uh, so you get to keep your life as it is Jordan Rakai doing your thing uh, but you have three alternate lifestyles that you can flip flop in and out of for as long or as short as you please as often as you like so I'll give you three random examples that I would do. So okay. we were chatting in the kitchen here. So I would like roast coffee beans, maybe in Japan, like with their amazing, like Tokyo Kisitin coffee culture. Yeah. Um, and I would uh, be like a, a touring drummer, um, probably like with more of like a, like I'd be in at the drive-in, I think I'd yeah. be in that band. And then my last one, maybe I would um, be living hundred years in the future just I sort of like get a glimpse of what to prepare for oh wow cool um and then I dip in and out and then just flip back to my own life if something gets a little bit shady or a little bit dodgy
1: yeah you come back to come back to reality yeah um, sort of that's three-by. cool uh I probably would be this is random this is people probably don't expect this but I would probably be a professional golfer
0: no way yeah I
1: loved okay. I played golf my whole life until I moved to London and I was, I was quite good huh. um but I've I probably definitely lost it all um, I just I'm a massive I love sport right. sports like a big part of my life um, all my friends you know before moving to London I played rugby I played basketball I played golf I played you know tennis I played all the sports ping-pong mm-hmm. chess um, um,
0: oh yeah man, I love a bit of chess underrated
1: chess.com yeah <laughs> and so sports you know I'd be in some I'd be an athlete I know golf people don't consider golfers athletes but I'd be a golfer professional golfer
0: well I imagine you have to have a strong core.
1: Definitely. Yeah. You, you need good balance, you need good hand eye coordination. Right. Um and like good understanding of reading the environment around you. You know, there's a hill there, so that means the ball's gonna go that way. Stuff like that. The wind. The wind, yeah. Yeah. So be being very present on the golf course is okay. important. Um if not and so that's one of them. Cool. The other world would be um somewhere in like the hills of Indonesia or Nepal, being like um basically being like a meditation teacher mm. um, would you have it, like
0: a big gong thing
1: yeah and just sitting in the hills and um, maybe hikers would come up and I take them through like a week-long retreat and then they go off about their hike up Everest or something yeah like, it could great. be like a nice pit stop um, because meditation massively changed my life and I've always I've always been thinking about how to b- um, bring it into my own Jordan thing to try and help other people I've been trying to think of ideas but I've never really had enough time because I've been writing so much and mm-hmm. touring.
0: Maybe you could do like a musical mindfulness app.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> Make like little short pieces of music with your own monologue. I have. A, I have. <laughs> a, I
1: have an idea of. Um, I had this idea three years ago. Of take going to Nepal to uh-huh. the hills, and hosting a songwriting masterclass. But there's meditation um, elements, me- meditation retreat elements involved. So cool. everyone's part of me everyone's going there to like clear their mind but learning like you know it'd be quite advanced techniques of songwriting mm-hmm. it's not just like you know write a poem and then we will try and it'd be more like um i'll get some teachers in and that sort of thing so so we could facilitate the creative but also the spiritual element that sounds great so that would be one other, okay. other life and third one oh yeah i would i would love to be a chef with an easy time with a schedule because i love cooking okay but i know chefs have a really difficult job with the timing they have to do and prep and all that stuff so if i could be one of those chefs that design the menus you know come up with the ideas but just rock up at like 7pm and then start putting stuff on the plate you sweet know, not yeah doing so no chopping and stuff like that work. yeah um but i love cooking so much and i love food going on tour in all the countries we're always trying the local the local stuff mm. but the problem is i'm vegan um it's quite difficult to find selection in like most parts of the world so having the ability to you know enlighten people that it's not just lettuce and tomatoes yeah, th- there's sure. more to it um that would be really cool so i would love to be a chef sick so that chef a golfer, meditating guru and then th- all those three combined is well I am now yeah
0: that sounds like, yeah of course they're like extensions of yeah, your exactly. current interests. yeah that's awesome Um, sweet John it's been so much fun thank oh, you thank so you much and um, congratulations you. on the album thank you thanks for listening to the show and a massive thanks to you for Entail if you've enjoyed it it would make our day if you fancy leaving a comment or rating the pod join us for another episode very soon